take two middle-aged men who happen to be cousins and share a common codependency on movies, put them in a room, and tell them to talk about anything film-related. The result? An existential exposition of cinematic synergy we call The Finleys on Film. Hey, this place, by the way, um, reminds me, is reminiscent of, in terms of watching movies, Finley number one. Really? Well, first off, it's the, it's got the ambiance. The dirt also, isn't nearly as ingrained. No, no, no. Right I'll I, take that compliment. Yeah, <laughs> listeners will you know been, that yeah. Finley number one was his his apartment was like a biological warfare. Lab, so I'm not suggesting <laughs> oh, that. Christ. No, no, no. I'm more suggesting close, it's a place that looks like. A, a single person who lives the life they want to live is doing it. So it's like you've got your Star Wars town mm. draped over Star Trek. God damn it! Uh, yeah, Star. Okay, draped over the couch. You've got your movie collection, which you've already apologized for because you said it's diminished a bit, and yet I'm really impressed with some of those films, mm-hmm. man. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And, and you've got an enormous fucking television smack dab in the middle. Yes. Of it. And Tom, I don't know if you know this. Is secondary to that. Look over on that shelf, on the, the small bookshelf. There's a few VHS uh, tapes, including Singing in the Rain. Evan doesn't have a VHS player right now, mm-hmm. but he's just like, just the art of having them there. They yeah. were so cheap. That's the mentality I'm talking about. Like, we're, this apartment reeks of movie lover. I'm out of I'm out of touch, but I think we're in the neighborhood of, by the way, how my level's good? Yeah, you're fine. Uh, I think we're in the neighborhood of like VHS recorders are either going to be only found at like Goodwill mm-hmm. or they like, have to be built by a fucking troll in <sighs> Taiwan and mailed specially. There'll be a know. prepper movement and, and that'll eventually be the next thing they get to is how to make your own VCR. Ooh. Preppers make Evan, VCRs. Is there, is there a hipster movement in that direction that you're Oh, yeah, of? yeah. I mean, have you heard Quentin Tarantino's podcasts? Well, uh, Tarantino's a, yeah, kind of a, he's a, a millionaire crazy person. Well, it's video archives. It is about... He, there's one episode where he describes how he had to repair his VCR mm-hmm. because he has all the tapes that he... When he was at that video rental store in the 80s. Right. Uh, I, I sadly Laserdisc. They're they're all succumb to laser rot, so they're all unplayable. Oh, I would. When I picked up Laserdiscs in the eighties, I never would have thought that these would rot. That's no, the last thing no. I thought they would do. They were afraid that would happen to DVD, but that hasn't happened. But no, they're all the glue that that glued the the two halves of the yeah. Yeah. of the discs are, are just deteriorated. You know so, more yeah. about it than I do and I was there. <laughs> well, laser discs are... Remember those TVs that were the, the back projection TVs? I want to bring it up. Oh, we had yeah, that. Oh, oh The three colors. The pizza, the pizza parlors had them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That eventually just all faded. And oh, yeah. You couldn't yeah, yeah, watch yeah. shit on them. Yeah, yeah. You, you had to be like sitting in one spot and never move a millimeter to get, to but, get a fixture out of it. By the way, we should mention that um, we're here at Evan Monroe... Faulkner's house because he has invited us to watch a couple of movies and then talk about them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or just one. <laughs> well, we've watched, we've one, watched one movie. Way to way to break the fourth wall and destroy the magic, buddy. <laughs> wow. Peek behind the curtain. Yeah. Yikes! Um, yeah, so happy to be here, man. This place is awesome, and I understand that you've cooked up a little surprise for us. Yes. Well, uh, first of all, let me whore myself. I'm uh, on Instagram, Fresno Film Buff. Uh, I used to I hear that, Mom. So when uh, we all know that Bitwise collapsed, but before they did, they finally restarted the movie nights I was hosting there, and I always wanted to show trailers 
before the film, specifically mm. trailers from the year that the film came out. And I had so much fun curating those and putting in little surprises. I call them appetizers. Yeah. And so much so that now my friends, when I go over to their place and, yeah. sh- and we watch a movie, they're like, where's the appetizer I, for this movie? Th- I love this. This came out in 1990, situation. bro. So I... Uh, <laughs> so so like, I, love, I love movies. You love movies. Yeah. This guy is the genuine fucking article. Yeah, right oh, for sure. That's what I mean. That's what I meant by my my comment about like the place we're doing this from. It's mm. just it just feels like oh yeah what I thought I how I thought I would be living it's when like I was if, younger. If, if, if the world floods, <laughs> all that's going to be left of Evan's apartment is the TV that he's floating on and watching at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's real that. real pleasure here, and, and I'll saw, use the surround speakers as ballast. Yeah. Oh, by the Jack, way, Tom. Joe versus the volcano. I pulled out on, on Evan's um, bookshelf, which is basically a filmography uh, or, or biographies of filmmakers, et cetera, et cetera. I pulled out what looked like a Disney-produced storybook novelization or novellaization of The Black Hole. Nice. Do you remember that movie, Tom, from the 70s? I have yeah, the lunch pail right up there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a gift from my now ex. Haven't and... we done this on a Finley's episode? We did it, right? What, The Black Hole? I think so. No, 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 we haven't. We need to, man. Mm. We, okay, we, that... we fucking need to, man. Because, yeah, that's... It's Maximilian Schell, Anthony um, Perkins... Perkins. Yeah. Ernest Borgnine, right? Ernest Borgnine. Andy, Andy Rooney. Robert Forster. Step away from his tater, his Spud's base restaurant. It never got better after Kitty Hawk. Vet <laughs> I have a I have an unhealthy love for that movie, and mm. I get why it's not everyone's cup of tea. Mm. Uh, even the people saw it in the theaters in '79, but I. This is this is I love so, that movie. That is the most you statement anyone's ever made. By the mm, way, mm. I can't really preach. Most people don't appreciate this movie, but I love it. And that's yeah. like that's one of the most Evan things you could say. I don't I don't subscribe to that term guilty pleasure because mm. you shouldn't feel guilty. But I guess that's the closest that and Kevin Costner's The Postman. It's <laughs> I think. Just, Were you on Waterworld? Oh, yeah. it's great. Yeah, I like it. I like it, but <coughs> I'm fine it's with it. it's not as. It's not quite as masturbatory as The Post. I mean, The Postman is three hours of Kevin Costner sucking his own dick. It is mm-hmm. amazing. No, I have to say this. I'm a little bit screwed on that because I actually loved the book. I didn't even know it was David a book. Brin, David Brin's book, The Postman, I've heard, is I've a heard, really yeah. good sci-fi. And, you know, I, I have a thing for and, and a post-apocalypse uh, movie, uh, books. I fucking adore them. It's one of my favorites for the longest time. So, but even at that, it wasn't like I was offended. I was like, man, it's Kevin Costner. What are you going to do? I mean, even David Brin, he likes the movie. He's like, yeah, yeah. he changed some stuff. He downplayed some of the stuff. You got to do some things. I get it, yeah. He thought but he was making... The subtext sh- had to go away. There's no fucking way. Yeah, yeah. This is... By the way, now, this is another thing to say about Evan, is that when he proposed initially, I arrived here first, um, the app idea... I was like, hmm, great. You know, maybe we should watch the apps and then and then talk about them for a minute on the podcast. And he was very clear that the apps had to sort of segue into the movie that the apps were attached to. Right. It's like it's that attention to detail that I appreciate. And well, I have to say, it's me. This is a very me statement. But when he said apps, I was like, oh, fuck, pigs in a blanket. <laughs> I thought it was going to be food. No. Yeah, we got you. It's coming. I don't think you got that. <laughs> Subtle as it was. And when I think apps, I'm thinking of like, Pigs you know, blanket on a pizza, not app on your phone, applications. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, because I don't know. I've never been to the New Beverly Theater, but I hear they do that where they have trailers 
they go right into the movie. So you mean is this the the one in in Los Angeles? Yeah, the one that Tarantino. The Tarantino. Yeah, owns. yeah. Oh, I have to say this. I this is something. I uh, I love Tarantino just as a director, but his fucking work, him and Scorsese, his like, but Tarantino in particular, his work really, like he he did this thing where he got a hold of a bunch of like intellectual property rights on kung fu movies from like the 80s mm-hmm. and just put them on CDs and DVD on DVDs and they were like selling at Walgreens so I picked up one one of the best kung fu movies I've ever seen in my life and the hero of it was the bad guy from Enter the Dragon you know him oh, yeah. I can't remember his name mm. but he was like this super ubiquitous actor in China but very obscure over here but- and it was a great fucking movie and I, and I lost the goddamn DVD and now I can't find it it's so upsetting and I have mm. no idea what the name of the fucking thing was well it's it's a Quentin named uh, I think I have one of the DVDs of Mighty Peking Man where it was re- it, Rolling Thunder Pictures was where he released those DVDs it's fucking awesome based on the fucking awesome movie with William Devane and Tommy Lee Jones but uh, yeah the uh, it's funny you mentioned that guy that was the villain in Enter the Dragon I love that showdown that him and Bruce Lee have at the end of the movie it's epic but the guy is like physically not as cut as oh, like Bruce yeah. Lee. You know he would just if he didn't have those claws, he would have just kicked his fucking ass. So this so this picture I'm talking about, he was so maybe it was much earlier because it was before Enter the Dragon. He was much younger, looked much more like an actual kung fu person. Oh, okay. So it was he really he looked a hell of a lot more legit in this, which you know. But it was so fucking great, man. It was such a it's it's one of those rare uh, kung fu movies, and I fucking love Shaw movies. But it's one of those rare kung fu movies that had an actually interesting story. Like, it wasn't just, you killed Masta, and let's go fight it out, you know? <laughs> it was, like, there was a legitimate thing where he was, like, trying to be a good dad. It was great. You know, I gotta admit, the kung fu movies from the 70s and 80s that Quentin and you love are, that's kind of a blind spot for me. I haven't seen that no, many, but... If you have a blind spot, I'm basically totally blind. I've seen, recently, Enter the Dragon, liked it, um... Watch a few Sonny Chiba. Was not a huge fan. <laughs> um, it's I've seen a couple of Jackie taste. Chan like uh, earlier films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, it's kind of lost well, on me. Growing up in San Jose, like in the eighties, honestly, uh, one of the only really cool things to do that I knew of was to go down to the Jose Theater downtown San Jose, and they just had like two kung fu movies and something else. It was like a buck fifty to get in. Mm-hmm. You could just sit there and watch those movies if you wanted. You can watch them twice. They didn't like, give a shit. Like Clarence and True Romance. You know? Yeah, so I'm yeah. Taking I mean, you to was, three. Kung Fu movies. Right. Now it's the improv. That that oh. theater. This is really cool. But, uh, but uh, yeah, and I couldn't tell you the name. Oh, the of San Jose improv? Prop? Yeah. Was that the Oh, yeah. okay. Now, and I couldn't possibly tell you the name of any of those Kung Fu movies. You know, they were just... Because they're, they're, they're genuinely generic. But it's pretty cool to watch somebody like, you know, use the power of a pinky to turn something silver. <laughs> like, it's really ridiculous. But mm. but it was enjoyable. You know, it's, it's, it's really... It was really just... Um, it's movement for movement's sake, almost. It's in that way. small pleasures. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and and as we... It probably leads me yeah. to not mind dumb movies. <laughs> Especially if they're dumb movies from like 40, 50 years ago. Because even... Because so much time has passed, like usually, not always, but sometimes like a really bad movie from back then is enjoyable to watch now because it's scratchy, it's got grain, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it has a fun but cheese to it. You there's know, a, there's almost a weird honesty to it as well, just from a, an artistic perspective, because there's no pretension. This is, these people had 85 bucks to make a movie, and they made like the best thing they could make for 85 bucks or whatever they had. Would you say that we compartmentalize this stuff sometimes? Because I know that I, um, 
will watch movies I love from the 40s and it's like don't don't come near me and it's like uh it's but I'll just totally accept it because it's made in the 40s but if I see a movie that has any of that stink on it I, so 90s, I just want to I'm point like, out Ugh. when you started that I did the true podcaster thing of nodding yes <laughs> so the answer is yeah absolutely yeah. I, mean, I mean come on yeah. like you know remember we watched what the fuck what was it we watched uh, Maltese Falcon yeah I mean, and we just got ran over the fucking fire by the brilliant, ladies. Brilliant, brilliant movie. We, I still love it. I still think it's brilliant. I couldn't possibly love it more. Yeah. And they were, uh, they, they, were, they, they, were they making, were fucking not wrong. No, they were making good points. I just didn't want to hear it. you'll take it and like yeah, it. Like, yeah, who yeah, the yeah. fuck says that? Mm. Who would say that? Yeah, you're right, ladies, but still, fuck yeah, you, I enjoyed It's compartmentalization, this. so, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, you know what, since I've gotten older. I still love Woody Allen. That's part of that same thing. Well, I think you like his off-camera work most. Nah, well. All right, ladies, before it's we drift soon? off to... Yeah, I know. Too soon? <laughs> He's made like half a dozen great movies since then. Let's forgive him, Has guys. He? <laughs> you, re- you, true, especially actually. when more and more of these horrible stories come out about like old Hollywood actors and everything, it's like you really have to separate the art from the artist. And I think I'm, I'm getting to the point where I can do that, you know, with like an Errol Flynn movie or now a Kirk Douglas movie. I was going to uh, mention Errol Flynn because I, I remember growing up hearing, because Tom's dad loved to read Hollywood Babylon. Hollywood and Babylon. Babylon. All it was the, a wealth of books. These details Half that stuff's untrue, by the way. Of Hollywood course. Babylon. Of course. But, but you know, I, I always, what am I going to do? Not watch swashbuckly shit? Because oh, yeah, Robin Hood's. Burned a kid with a lighter? Come on. I just want to know what Basil Rathbone did after that. Oh, uh, what didn't he do? Well, Deduction, my dear fellow. Nigel Bruce. Yeah. I heard one of those. Mickey? I heard one of those actors in in the 30s or 40s. Um, I, I, I forgot which one. I think he was the guy with um, the wooden, uh, the the fake arm in uh, Son of Frankenstein. He had a title on Hollywood of Orgy Master. Wait, do you mean that's Young Frankenstein a, or Son of Frankenstein? Son of Frankenstein. Oh, God damn oh, it! I, I was hoping it was Young Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a spoof of that. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks, Evan. Yeah. I mean, just to have. Actually, just you know, to be knowing, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. I really didn't know. I just tried to play it off like, "Come on, Evan." I did. I've seen that one with the the guy with the wooden arm. But okay, it was the, 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 I mean, just to just to be known to have that on resume is orgy master in old Hollywood. I mean, that's just like it's like I want to sp- I want to speak to the manager. This orgy is not that great. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, real Karen. All right, let's. Uh... And she thus, didn't suck my and, balls the way and she thus, agreed to. Wow. And thus the Hayes Code. Yeah. All right, guys. You almost can't blame them, can you? No, it was definitely a way to, to yeah, protect their, their debauchery. The yeah, Hayes yeah, code. I fucking love the whole story of the Hayes Code, but yeah. That's fucking do you, want to so tell, do you guys want to tell the story of the Hayes Code? No, I mean, Joe, if you know, you know. But, hey, pizza's no. here. <laughs> no, it, it's it's very simple. The uh, uh, well, it, 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 Basically, it was Hollywood's attempt to sort of keep the government from jumping down their throats yep. and just police themselves and keep it in-house. Oh, yeah. I mean, Eventually that's... taken away by the you know, like right, the rating right. system and all that. Yeah. But, I mean, was it, how much of it was an actual, like, fatty, the Fatty Arbuckle thing was, like, a big part mm. of this. But it was the larger context of Hollywood and having I'm sure an he wasn't the final straw because that whole event is a couple of years before the Hays Code, I think, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was just one of the many dominoes. Oh, that was, the Hays Code was, like, 33, 34. Yeah, that was the late 20s, right? I mean, you had silent movies in the 20s about like lesbians and gay men. Like, there was, it was one crazy. that almost made Tom and I cry. It was like a uh, child bride. Oh, God. We watched it we were like, oh, my God. This is insane. <laughs> and you're seeing the cut version. Right. You're seeing the censored version. <laughs> Meanwhile, over on Evan's shelf. I know. There's an uh, <laughs> import from Guatemala. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Almond Brothers version. 
right. Well, I want our okay. listeners to know that our, our pizza has dropped right. off. Okay, guys. We're going to have pizza. We'll be back You're to talk about the stupid. movies in a few minutes. Ah. Um, let's talk about the uh, the apps, man. Okay. The appetizers. We're yeah. recording, right? Mm-hmm. All right, go. Um, yeah, I mean, they were great. A little a little stroll down memory lane for me, man. I was in the 80s. I was, I was there in 1986. I remember quite a few of those spots we saw. What were some of them here? Oh, first, it started off with a Billy D. Williams Colt 45 ad. Works right. every time. Yes. <laughs> Which was, they were using date rape as a marketing tool. Sure. Well, I, I mean, they're not that. doing that now, for God's sake. Thank God. I would say uh, it, that rolled right into the movie in a second here. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, then I had an anti-drug PSA. Then I had some TV spots. I almost included the trailer for Hamburger, the motion picture, but... Yeah, I, I, but there I, was a Stallone movie, the Cobra. Cobra. Cobra movie, yeah, Cobra. Cobra-ty. Yeah, yeah, that was um, very of its time. Not a good movie, but it was very much you know a Sylvester Stallone movie at that time. It's a, it was, it was, a, he and he and Arnold were in full like fight mode as far as like you know Cobra and then Commando. I mean, they all had yeah, yeah. They were interchangeable. They, they were there's a, there's a taqueria on uh, on Blackstone. At least I don't know if it's there after the pandemic. <laughs> But if you go into this Takarita, there's a whole shrine to the movie Cobra because the owner is such a huge fan of that movie. It's not the pink one, is it? Uh, I, I don't oh, know. This is a, the, yeah. It's is near it? Fresno State, so. Yeah, and then we have. I mean, the, Fresno City, my bad. We had this. Is it, is it, I was going to say, is, would this be considered uh, cancelable if I'm like, well, of course. You see the car in Cobra? Uh, it just got bought recently, didn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's one of the most low ridery cars I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Nice. Kind of reeks. Remember, you know. he uses nitrous in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we had the um, the HBO, the classic HBO. You guys ready? One, two, three. Na 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 so this discretion is, advice. This is all because Eight Million Ways to Die, starring Mr. Jeff Bridges, yes, and Rosanna Arquette, and yeah. others, yeah. was made in 1987. So those Andy are Garcia. all that's Andy Garcia. That's the guy you need to bring in here. Yeah, and oh, 86. You're saying? Yeah, Andy Garcia. Okay, so Eight Million Ways to Die. Mm-hmm. All right, here's my initial hot. Go pick. for it. Yeah. Okay. It. Tonally, it was a little bit like um, a cross between um, The Big Sleep and what's the Walter Matthau movie, 73, uh, The Bank Robbery? No, oh, Charlie Verrick. Charlie Verrick. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, what it reminded me most of, not in terms of directly the plot, but just the sort of like the way it moved, was Clint Eastwood's Tightrope. 84 mm. because it, it takes a lot of the noir stuff jeff bridges is a, is a detective it takes a lot of the noir stuff in terms of like i'm just here observing uh someone being beaten to death or you know like i'm just sort of smirking in the quarter as this thing happens until i get boiled up enough to do something about it, <coughs> it, it, it i don't know it struck me so i i liked it it was um i wouldn't say a great movie it's it's clumsy in an artistic way Okay. A clum- an artistically clumsy movie, and so it was. It was fun, but I can't. 
I don't know if I would go far enough to recommend it to someone. Oh, yeah. I would recommend it. I would. I, I would hope so. You freaking recommended it. To I, yeah, you're the, you know, you're, this is your idea. It's because of that clumsiness that I love mm-hmm. it. I mean, if if anybody other than Hal Hashby directed it, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have a scene where they're these two guys are talking shit, nutting up to each other like tough guys, and they're eating snow cones yeah. at the same time. I mean, it's. That strikes me as very noir, though, is to have like the tough guy eating like a Twinkie or, or something like that. That's, that could be. You know, James uh, Cagney eating a chicken wing. What's the kinda. the long think, goodbye kind of has that quality yeah, too? Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I think the long goodbye um, is an homage to noir, and mm-hmm. I think it, it succeeds much more than this tried to be. Although I like, this it. Was I was trying to be for sure. Yeah, here's the thing: I didn't hate it. Didn't want to walk away from it. Right. Probably would never watch it again. Oh, mm-hmm. it's not. I could wait. I don't think that again. was good. I didn't think it was. That's not great movie making. It just isn't. I mean, it's bad acting on every level. Well, it's, there is it, that. it is bad acting. Yeah. The, the writing is and the, and the writing the is producing bad. is what moves it along. I think the writing is actually not very good, but mostly it's also the directorial choices are very strange. Yeah, he lingers like ridiculously on some spots for no well, no apparent, how real Ashby, good reason. But so, in some ways, I kind of like that a little bit. It's a precursor to the like a whopper, you know, what I, do they call a whopper in, in Amsterdam type of you know Royale movie making. Yeah, yeah it's, I, it's eccentric. It's yeah, yeah. They make these eccentric choices. Sure. Go okay. ahead. You, you were going to say, Evan. I mean, how could you not love that standoff at the end? I mean, it's, yeah. where it's like two yes. steps forward, one step back. Dude, not so I'll tense. I'll not tell since you exactly. they live have I seen a, such a drawn out stand uh, uh, standoff. Yes. And I, like, I enjoyed it. I definitely was engaged. By and this, it's for sure. all it's all improv. All the scenes with Andy Garcia and uh-huh. Jeff Bridges. That's not surprising. They were. They you were got wait- it, baby. They were re- yeah. They were waiting <laughs> on rewrites, and they decided instead of waiting for the rewrites, they would just. And so it has this realistic <laughs> quality where they... Something to be said for rewrites. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it, it has this realistic quality where they're like talking over each other and just like... this is. I think this is where we, uh, I think as movie uh, fans, uh, I think we can get into a little bit of trouble, which is, uh, no, no, you have to understand the backstory to understand why that was good. That's not... No, you could. I could tell the first movie. time I watched yeah, it. First off, okay, I got to say first off, I had, that was just too long. It was too shouty. Could barely understand what the fuck they were saying. There was some good moments. And it moments. was not pushing it fucking anywhere. I mean, it was like, the, it was a montage of good moments. I could clip out like 14 yeah. different things where I'm like, that was where badass. editing and directing comes into uh, yeah, play. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the, the fight in the car, you and I both were like, boy, that actually that's seems fucking, like a real fight. That's the best goddamn scene of the whole fucking movie. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Where he pins him against the yeah, door. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, oh, that's the that. kind of like gay fucking bullshit yeah. we do when we yeah, fight. And you're exhausted for two days. It's like weekly he pins somebody to a door. That was fucking great. That's something real. Realistic that you don't see in movies normally, right? Like, and then, and then, you know, okay. So here's here's where I think, like, if we look at that standoff, maybe that standoff was much more realistic than than I'm used to from movies. And I, I will grant that that's a possibility. Maybe I'm that's burn what your shit, man. Well, there's another element too, and it's like I think. Like that, when really it's just like just let the bitch go. I mean, it's really simple. Yeah, that's why he made tense. no You're, move to do that. By the way, if you have not seen 8 Million Ways to Die, you might want to watch that before you listen to our conversation, because huh. we're going to get into some spoilers, Ooh, which is that whole is scene, sneaky. you're feeling for Roseanne Arquette, it's, she's the she's the leverage. But there's way, spoilers scene. and there's spoilers. I Sometimes mm-hmm. I, I don't even call it a spoiler if it's like, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter emotionally. Right. If it's a good movie, it's spoiler proof. Well, that's interesting. If I think that's kind of movie, true. It's spoiler But I'm going to go one better on this one. Okay. I'm actually going to change my stance, and I am going to recommend this movie for gentlemen to watch. Those titties were great, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even trying to be crude. Those were worth 
That's the price of admission right there. Well, that's what I was going to say a second ago was it's all these movies are displaced, right? So the classic example is why did Edmund O'Brien do, why did they let him do 1984 and 1954 when you couldn't really actually talk about anything in the novel? And I would say the same thing here. It's like the Maltese Falcon, the book actually has Sam Spade snizzing around in her snooch for a little while. Nice. And, and of course, that's not happening in anything until the 70s. And that's snoochie, the sort of the grace can. of the 70s is you can actually have that erotica that's mm. present in noir yeah. finally present in the film. And it's definitely here. It's definitely hot. It's a lot of nudity, a lot of Rosanna Arquette moaning like a whatever. Keep uh, going. Ostrich. Keep going, please. <laughs> I want to finish that thought in the bathroom <laughs> in a minute. Thank you. Kangaroo. I, I thought this was like really interesting. I got the feeling that this was, um, again, an homage essentially to noir. This didn't, like, I don't think the people who did it really kind of got noir real well. I don't know why. There was some, some kind of missing. It's a different flavor. I mean, yeah, obviously it's no... You know, Elliot Which, Gould and the Long Goodbye. Well, the, the but, Long Goodbye was like an updating of the noir. This didn't. Yeah. This seemed like this kind of was kind of neutral, a little. Bit. I, I don't know. I'm not. I don't know. I just you know. It seemed long to me. Quentin Tarantino is a huge fan of the movie. Mm-hmm. That's what got me to. He to likes check some remarkably bad movies, by the way. He likes some good ones, but he also is a fan of garbage. You know what? I I will admit, there's some films he's talked about on his podcast where I'm like, I, I just can't go there with you. I mean, the movie Lipstick with. Um, with uh, Margot and Muriel Hemingway, it is an awful film. Uh, really repugnant, and somehow mm. he's a, a proponent of that film. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I mean, this is this is one of those cases where I just, I had low expectations, and mm-hmm. the movie was quirky enough for me that I didn't, uh, it, it's a cliched story, but I just love all the little sprinklings on that Sunday of like, yeah. you know, even Jeff Bridges' little like, Half-ass dance he does when this guy dresses yeah, him yeah. down in the police. Station. Oh, it has a, it has a, a rem- and then like immediately a, a, turns over on him. A couple of instances where there are men like dancing in the background or something, where like the like the attention Dude. to the detail is okay. is pretty. Yeah, I mean, it's, my favorite it's was the guy with the giant hairy chest in the background, like a freight. Like, yeah. a, like a frighteningly hairy chest. Well, the that's background. the other thing, and it's like, like Wookiee. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any... I, I would be hard-pressed to say there's like the worst decade for movies, because as soon as I go down that road, it's like I can think of a million great movies. Yeah. But one Neither thing the about the 80s, Eight particularly the... great movies? Particularly the first half of the 80s, is how there's that sort of constant running of like a South American country drug you know, it's like, it's always, you know, and it's just, it's, it's the only other thing in movies that do that for me is, is movies in the last 20 years that mentioned my space. It's that same time. It just sort of takes me out of the movie for a second. Sure. Sure. Yeah. When you have it in a bond movie with Timothy Dalton and that's like, yeah, very much of its time. Yeah. And then there's also the thing, just like how, I just, the other thing, I'm just make this comment. You, did anybody else notice how bad the criminals were at being criminals? Yeah, baby. <laughs> to me, <laughs> none of them could shoot straight. They all got shot all immediately by Jeff Bridges. You know, like a, a, a an alcoholic retired or uh, you know retired uh, policeman just blew the fuck out of a gang. It's kind of weird. I mean, that's at least kind of par for the course. That's that's an every Dirty Harry movie, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I don't. Yeah, but Dirty Harry earns blame that. This one. See, for me, that <laughs> adds. Harry earns that. To me, that adds to the charm. The movie's saying, hey. 
they can't all be winners, these drug dealers, you know. Mm. They can't all be at the top of their game. It's like They should have just said It's like the gang no. <laughs> It's like the gangsters run by William Hurt at the end of a history of violence. Like those guys are clearly <laughs> not It's another movie I I walked out of that movie. I hated it so much. Oh my god. Oh, come history on, of violence dude. is is exactly real. That, it's pulpy fun. You're fucking Aragorn, Aragorn kicks some ass, son. You said you hated it too. What? Didn't you hate history of violence with Vito uh Yeah, it, Vigo Mortensen. Yeah. Yeah, oh, come on, that's a that's a fun movie. It's mm. it's not I didn't hate it. Cronenberg's best, but I loved. Like, oh come what on, what is Cronenberg's best? Because he's the disease. Video drum was the terrible. Disease. Video drum. Oh, video drum. Yes. Long live the new flesh. Forgot that about is that. My right, favorite Cronenberg. No, All right. I haven't seen the Brood. I haven't seen Rabbit, but yeah. All right. All right. Well, so yeah, I mean, look. Uh, Jeff Bridges. The thing is, okay, so so he's done um, Last Picture Show. I'm thinking of movies before this. Last Picture Show, okay. Fat City, mm-hmm. Heaven's Gate. Have, okay, and then <laughs> and then this. I mean, he's done some other great movies for Starman, sure. Starman, Thunderbolt, mm-hmm. Lightfoot. Let, let me back this. Thunderbolt, up. Lightfoot's not Tron, a great movie. I need, a, I need to and make Tron. Is shut up! I need to make a point a here. Okay. Yeah. Remember, I was talking to you the other day. I was yeah. uh, this interview with Clint Eastwood, and he said. You know, one of the best, one of the, the in a hundred years, the one they're going to remember is Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. And I looked at Tom Cruise and I'm like, yeah, okay, according to that career, I would say almost the same thing about Jeff Bridges. The difference is, is I think he's picked more interesting movies. Jeff Bridges, but as a result of picking more interesting movies, he's picked more dogs as well. For sure, I but, think he has more Fat dogs City, than good ones. Fucking, uh, the Fisher King. There's all these. He's got a tremendous. The Fisher King, grit. by the way, is a great movie, but it has two performances. Uh, that border on cringy, and I definitely like the movie. I know you, Please don't say Michael Jeter. Of course, he's going to say that. And also, Michael Jeter. I don't even know who that is. And the fish. He's the the gay guy. No, he's on that show Evening Shade. No, no, it's it's Jeff Bridges and Robin Williams. Ah, no, disagree. Uh, but it's I still a great movie. But, but, but I think my point is that the man has had a tremendous fucking it. Like picking a like pick your two best Jeff Bridges movies. I think he's made like six Neither really good movies. He so it's fish. So Fat City, uh, Last Picture Show. Um, uh, Fisher King, Big Lebowski, uh, Big Lebowski a True Man. Grit. I would add on there. Yeah. Uh, Fearless. Oh, we'll I talk know. to you in a minute, buddy. Yeah, we'll talk here's to- <laughs> another one. I'm gonna end up defending both movies. Yeah. Um, Don't worry. But wait, wait, wait. Let's before we move on to that. Eight million ways to die. Anything else? Them. It also has. I mean, stay it's, hungry. It, other. I haven't seen that one. I haven't either. Actually. There was the uh, there was the uh, the uh, was it uh, get pumping iron? It was the next one, right? It was the, it was was it sequel? This to... was after. This was a narrative film. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, let's not also forget blown away with Tommy Lee Jones Oof. and his dad Lloyd. <laughs> That's one of those movies. Where... Mandelbaum, Mandelbaum, Mandelbaum. I remember enjoying that movie in the '90s, but I haven't seen it since. So I'm 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 down it's, to revisit. Yeah, it, I don't think it's great. It's probably not. I mean, yeah. that always got two stars. No, but it's like, but, but I mean, you can. I how many people do have five or six great movies? I I take your point, I, but I it's think, like there are a lot of yeah. of well, things okay. where it's like his character. He's it's the McQueen thing, right? It's like McQueen's yeah. always McQueen, mm-hmm. Jeff Bridges is always Jeff Bridges in a way, but it's like that can only carry you through so many bad. And Dumb and Dumber. No. See, I'm curious if I had chose Cutter's Way. For this one, because Cutter's Way is more of that late, that holdover from the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of a sun-drenched... It, it's a kind of a neo-noir like this one, but much more slower pace, like a little less pulpy. 
Hmm. Um, I, King I'm, Kong? I'm really curious. I don't think that was a great uh, I never saw it. version of that either. <laughs> really? You know what? I, I got about Lightfoot? The Fisher 30s King, King Kong is the best, but I got to say, the 70s one, I, I, uh, I've come around to that one. It's it's pretty good. I think he's just had a really, he's had a, as good a career as anybody could have at sort of be at his level, you know? Mm, okay. you know yeah. I mean, there are a couple of people who are bigger, you know, no doubt, like uh, Leo DiCaprio and mm-hmm. Tom Cruise and all like that, but... I think some of his choices are more interesting. More yeah, no question about it. I just, I don't, I'm kind of, I think I'm with you on this, Tom. Like, I, I there are things I liked about this movie. No. And, and I kind of default to liking Jeff Bridges anyway. I'm a little annoyed, frankly, that we wasted Jeff Bridges on this particular movie. Who would you have rather seen in this in this role? No, no, uh, no, no, no. What I'm saying is I think I would have picked, like, I would have liked to do Mel Fisher Gibson King. in this role? I'd like to have done Fisher King instead of Eight Million Ways. Oh, 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 um... I would have just picked like wanted to do one of his better movies. By this way, by the way, this movie did have a little bit of the lethal weapon. I'm too old for this shit. I'm crazy. (laughs) Before that, yeah, Yeah, and it's got the music kind of sounds a little Miami Vice. Uh, Yeah. Oh, it was definitely a movie of its time and place, and I didn't, I didn't hate that. That yeah, that definitely adds to the charm. And uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I I don't know. I think if Mel, if it wasn't him, if it was some other actor in this part, like I don't know, Mel Gibson at the time. I don't. Maybe it would have been different. Maybe it would have been just as inter- entertaining. But I. I would he have been it. big enough to? What's that? Would, would Gibson have been big enough at that time? Yeah, he did. Uh, Lethal Weapon the year after. Before that, he was. Okay. You know, he was yeah. in a couple Oliver Stone movies and Mad Max. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Mm. All right. Uh, or I don't know. I'm just thinking. Lethal of, Weapon was a, an enjoyable movie. I got to say, it's one of the Well, best. yeah. That's, Which one? That's, Lethal Weapon. That's indisputable. Mm. I mean, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's a cinematic fact. Um, I remember. I, you know, I didn't hate it. It just was what it was. It was fine. It was entertaining. So it wasn't like an amazing movie, but I would say this is. I would actually like enjoyed this more than Lethal Weapon. I would say. That's weird, but okay. But they're both kind of of the You're same welcome. ilk. Dude, you are absolutely welcome well, to your stupid opinion. Mm-hmm. It's more enjoyable to me be now because I've seen Lethal Weapon a million times because my dad mm-hmm. had the tape that he wore. Not eight but, million though. But if I saw Lethal Weapon for the first time now, I don't. I don't know how I would rank them. Honestly, I can't be. That's Objective. the other thing, yeah. What would you think of Lethal Weapon if you'd never seen it and you just walked in on it now? Mm, I have yeah. some friends that saw it for the first time and they're yeah. just like, eh, it's okay. Yeah. Oh, like, by the way. It'd be pretty fucking sorry, mediocre. Sorry to interrupt the flow here. After but John I just, Wick, how do you do that? I just remembered one of Evan's apps for this was um, Soul Man. Oh, yeah. With C. Thomas Howe. Uh, that movie's aged very well. Yeah. <laughs> Where the kid, the white kid gets the... I don't know. Gets the Mom, African... Dad, I'm black. Yeah. <laughs> Affirmative action. Uh, entrance into college and then... Oh, shoot. even when I it came like, out, the you remember, boot polishes himself right into Harvard. You remember the, you yeah. remember the sequel, right? Well, with <laughs> Supreme Court, it was with Clarence Thomas in it. Come on. Oh, what am I offensive? No, what uh, about... No, it's the, the... What was that lady that was the head of the NAACP... And they found out that she identified as African American. Uh, Rachel Dolezal. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. She's the sequel. Oh, but wait. then there was the movie One of the Guys, just one of the guys. Yeah. Where the I, st- I beat after that poster so much. Really? I really did. She's, where she's, she's holding, she's, she's got in two the football room. helmets over her. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> did she show her, her tatas in that film? I hope so. That was one of those. That was when the PG thirteen rating was new, and you could get away with like titties. I saw the first PG thirteen movie in the theater, and that was Red Dawn. Red Dawn, yeah, yep. was it? I love Red Dawn. I love that There's a dumb movie I love. Yeah, that's well, that's true. You know, it, everybody talks about the culture wars now, but even what I read was back in eighty four. Red Dawn was like the the press. Oh, that's a 
conservative Reagan. It was a magical time. Oh, oh it absolutely was. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. And it was a huge Reagan wet butt boner. John there. Milius is a conservative uh, guy. Yeah. God bless how how loony he is. Uh, you were saying I don't, I don't know if I brought this up already, but about Hal Ashby that this was his last film, Eight Million Ways to Die, and and it, there was some implication that eight million a little one. Hollywood Babylon update here from you, Evan, and that's that he was all coked out, and the, the studio was trying to sort of give him his last yeah. Well, rights, I mean, essentially, it was he was doing as much coke as everybody else in Hollywood at the time. It's just that he. The studio used that to like badmouth him, and you know, it's, oh, he can't maintain. And they, he was locked out. He was literally locked out of the editing room for this movie. Yeah. However, maybe, you know, maybe they did a better editing job. Little, who's to say? Hmm. A little known fact about this movie: uh, he was so bad with cocaine that all the cocaine that was supposed to be in the movie, <laughs> he actually snorted. Yeah, he he. They were like, we, you we interrupted got... us for that, Tommy. Yeah, I did man. I'm All right, black and loaded for a yeah, minute. You actually raised his hand. I wish you could have seen. Ah. This. Tom raised his hand to contribute that. You know how much energy that takes. Is <laughs> that know-it-all kid in the class? Yeah. Well, okay. Oh, me, so right, it's, motherfucker. It sounds like we're kind of. I don't know if you and I, Tom, are giving this a thumbs down, but it's kind of a thumb sideways. Thumbs middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah You're yeah. not going to be bored by it. I mean. I don't know about that because it really? does. I kind of bored the shit out of me. I had, there were, there a were several times, times I did, been, uh, I'd have been wearing a watch. I'd have looked at it, but uh, um, yeah, I did see Tom get on his phone once or twice, and I didn't object. <laughs> I was like, I understand, buddy. Yeah, yeah. He was um, googling the cast. I was, I was, and then I was looking at running time, and then I was looking at running time again. And, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> hey, man, we all have our vices. I love Quincy. Yeah, uh, I, you know I can't defend it any more than this movie is defendable, but it definitely is a uh, mediocre to strong mediocre movie. So you're yeah, saying you, you give it two and a half out of four stars? So I, a two chance. and a half is a, is a probably right where it belongs. Yeah, I sure. give it I give it three. I give it that extra half a star. It's I, almost no difference between the two, but okay. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. Two and a half to three. Three is yeah, good. Two thing. is fair. Two and a half is fair. When when Roger Ebert gave like if he could barely recommend a film and give the thumbs down he usually gave like two and a half by the way I'm turning the corner on Roger Ebert this is maybe giving I don't like him anymore heading me towards Cisco I kind of don't I I, I do like him but I respected him more there became a point and by point I mean like the last 15 years of his reviewing where he was giving ridiculously good reviews to impossibly bad movies well, I don't know about it. impossibly, but yeah, he definitely. That I could, as soon as it came out, gave, I felt like it was too much. But but he gave four stars to something. I'm like, really? That's like a yeah, two and a half at best. Yeah, he I, was I, hamming I just, it up. I'm reminded of like the words of his last one, uh, his last review, which is. Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> you raise your hand for this one at least. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It was actually yeah. Terrence Malick. <laughs> I love that Terrence. Malick. <laughs> All right, so should we move on to Fearless? Yes. Okay, so 1993's Fearless. I had seen this. I'm gonna say. I guess 30 years ago. Um, Rented it from, I think, Hollywood Video, as I recall. I think so. I did the same thing. I, I remember at the time, I, I loved Rosie Perez in a way I can't quite explain to myself now, but I, I just, she was, woo, to me. Back then, over Isabella uh, Rossellini for me at the time, mm-hmm. which is another kind of insanity. This movie is, um, I really was rooting for this movie a lot, and I thought it had a vision. It had a vision, and I kept wanting it to succeed. In moments in the second half of it, it would get kind of close. Mm-hmm. But it is... It, what I would fault it for is the best kind of criticism. 
it's shooting for big things and consistently just being super klutzy about it. Mm. It, it, just from the beginning, like there's a crash, a, a crashed airplane. Spoiler a, alert! That seems and amazing. He, and he's walking this field, and the camera like focuses in on an unopened bottle of champagne, a single boot, and like every sort of stage of the movie was was like that. The exposition was mm. like he's going to go into Los Angeles. Better pull a Thomas guide out and pull his finger from the crash site down straight to Los Angeles, so we understand, and then say Los Angeles. It, I mean, it was like such spoon feedery. It was kind of ridiculous the whole movie through. Well, here's the thing. I think it probably much less then than now. I think you'd actually have to, like, what the fuck is a Thomas guy now? You'd have to explain what that is. It's to a most wonderful people. Oh, a map. Time okay. Piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair no, enough. I gotcha. But I, I knew that, but I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's whatever, a map. But the point is, it's like, it's, it's going for all these moves. Yeah from beginning to end but they just seem to be telegraphed from a mile away and i i like a movie i'm believe me we were talking about the sort of the possible slow demise of the superhero movie and we're all a little bit glad that that's happening mm-hmm. and so i'm way for a movie that's like about big ideas and thinking about them and so that's why i wanted to be in the corner of this movie about uh, the nature of life and death is to start with but it just kept getting bogged down in bad acting benicio del toro was not good in which this. one was he was he, he the was husband I think it was he okay. was he wasn't given justice with that part, but I, I think the acting is stellar. And I'll be honest with you, I was not a big Rosie Perez fan right. until this movie. I mean, I was thought she's okay in the Spike Lee movies, uh, but <laughs> she's terrible in this movie. Oh, are you shitting me? No, she is. Amazing I could not hold bubbles. Oh, bubbles! I mean, she she's just got an, la- She calls the baby. She bubbles. got a, an Oscar nomination for best supporting actress, and Whoa. I. We have a whole I, episode on terrible Oscar decisions. I, I don't know what that how means. How can you say it's terrible? She's fantastic in the film. And I don't normally, I'm not like the biggest fan of I her. I think Tom Hulse was was the biggest winner here. He played the attorney. He mm-hmm. seemed a little like Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Well, disagree. I think, like um, I, I think, uh, what's it, Tarturo? I like him. I don't like him in the scene. I, I do like how him, much but... I like him as a rule. And I kind of was reminded watching this movie. He, he made the most of that part. Yeah. And uh, I think, I don't know, the movie, mm. it's Peter Weir. Yeah. Who directed the Truman Show later, but of course he did Gallipoli and and uh, Witness and one of my favorite movies, The Mosquito Coast. Love The Mosquito Coast. You're Obvious, living dangerously. Yeah, obviously this one is not as good as The Mosquito Coast. And right. Uh, full disclosure, I still have not finished Picnic at Hanging Rock. I mm-hmm. it's so it has such full a deliberate disclosure. pace. And it's so Warn people, will you, before you make a statement like that, Evan? Come on. Sorry. Throw away my film credentials. I, I can't get into Picnic and Hanging Rock. I just... okay. so, but he's a good director. Go ahead, I, no, I just got to step yeah, in because no you guys dispute. have been going back and forth. Uh, I actually, I got to say this. I kind of agree with you and I kind of agree with uh, You're Evan pointing again. <laughs> over here. Yeah, I mean, I like the movie very much. But here's the funny thing. You did I, like Fearless a lot. I did. Okay. I watched it in preparation for this, but I realized I didn't really have to. Because I kind of remembered it from watching it in 1994. Okay. You're one of the few. That says something interesting about the movie. First off, it's the first movie that I can remember that was really trying to deal with PTSD. Didn't even know what it was back then. Yeah. Quite honestly. And um, I would say certainly in that respect, it kind of suffers from its own virtues a little bit. It does what every movie has to do with mental illness. Yeah. Which at the end, you know, you hug Will Hunting and, you know, tell him it's not his fault, right? You got to... Because in a movie, you got to bring things to a conclusion. I think this was a movie that was trying to 
not take the easy road, but then kind of did at the end. But it's 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 kind of the same syndrome I'm talking about. It's like I could admire it for doing that, but yeah. it's a victim of being early on doing it in that it's very Hallmarky about it. Yeah, I think I think there's some truth to that. If the, if Hallmark movies were like this, I would watch way more of those. And not oh, well, good news, they are. No, I mean I think Peter Weir's style. The best way to describe it is it's subtly surreal. Mm-hmm. Like that beginning. Where at first you're disoriented like them. You're like, well, why are we in a cornfield? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the camera pulls away and you see this huge... Mm-hmm. Da- I mean, it's just so... I mean, just the little things like like the fact that like the, the, the flight attendant, when you finally... You, you don't see the plane crash and then later it keeps flashing to it. And the flight attendant has to gather everyone's shoes yes. and throw them in the laboratory. Yeah. yeah. Because they'll become missiles. And collecting jewelry. I thought that was a really interesting there were moments mm-hmm. where the details were interesting and it felt like there was something good on the research department. Yeah. I mean something. I'll 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 be the first to admit the yeah. very end of the movie is clunky. I I fully admit that. It's but it's not a deal breaker for me. And I guess the the author of the book who also wrote the screenplay, I guess he got in a car crash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he yeah. had those feelings like Jeff Bridges, so mm-hmm. he put that into that script. But people knocked the ending mm-hmm. of the movie for being clunky, and I think that clunkiness was always there. Five minutes into the movie, he's going away from the crash. And I understand this. I'll, I'll totally accept like that he's just walking away from the crash and doing his thing. That's actually something I bought. But he's in a car, and then he starts sticking his head out the window of the car like a dog, like, I'm enjoying the wind. I'm feeling the wind for the first yeah, it's time. Like, it's, it's like, like yes, oh, yeah, come hatred, on. Okay, your hatred of authentic feeling. It's corny, but but, it's do you, but seriously, would you consider it authentic feeling? Yes. Oh, okay, so I, I would in the sense that I think this was an artistic choice and not a bad one. I, I would disagree with you. I think the airplane stuff was really fucking interesting. Yeah, a little on the nose, and for Q sure. I will grant that. The airplane stuff but, later on I thought was great. But I think it was breakers. sort of called for from in an artistic sense. I like that. I like some of the choices he made with that. I like the bro- the unbroken champagne bottle. I think that was kind of a cute, like cute. I thought it was a cute. One, little one thing I oh. never, uh, I'll be. I know the I'll, word I'll cute. Admit <laughs> that I don't understand. No, it just is... felt like it was so forced. It was like one shoe, language like unopened. Of, you know, language of movies. Sometimes things a... are gonna feel that way. I think. I think. Okay, but if you and know... in your in your, your you don't believe it was earned in this case. I thought it was earned. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that's it, right? If if you. I'm going to go back to what you said before. You just said that very reasonable thing because I like that better. And that was, and that was, it. Sometimes it has to be forced, but it's like kind of like a lot of the things we talk about in movies. If if you notice it's forced, then that's the problem. If you're seeing the director's I, hand too mm-hmm. too clearly, you know. See, I didn't notice that until afterwards. It's kind of like a magic trick or like dream logic, where afterwards. Like Spielberg's films, it's afterwards you think back and you're like, oh, hey, that doesn't make sense. Like, that spaceship, why would that be behind Devil's Tower? It doesn't, because it's, but I, you know, it's... it's I'm going to go for a more obvious one than that. I will, I, will, I will grant that the pink coat is fucking way on the nose, yeah. but it's a better movie for it. Yeah, that's the thing, hmm. is you swinging for the fences, and even if you miss, I think it's still interesting. I mean, the movie is... Uh, it's a melodrama. Yeah, it is. It on is the a notes. melodrama for sure. But how many? Even back in 1993, there were. I mean, I remember seeing a huge review of it in the Modesto B 30 years ago when I was a kid. Name which, dropper. Jeez, no, it man. had that picture of Jeff Bridges. Jeff fucking H.L. Mencken. It had that picture of Bridges in the ghostly uh, fuselage of the jet, uh, mm-hmm. which you see at the very end. And I was like, "What is this? Is he a ghost?" What? Uh, 
Like, did it have a picture of him as he was um, yelling to God? You can't kill me. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> that was painful, oh, man. Come on. But if <laughs> or maybe balancing on the edge of a building. That oh, part was suddenly, me, suddenly, no, I don't so let even me ask care. You, as an acting choice, how do you get that sentiment across without yelling it? No, I know, but, but then you know. Jeff, so then you don't do it. I mean, or if you can't about do it, then any, don't do it. If any other actor did that scene, yeah, it wouldn't have pulled off. But I, Jeff Bridges can be in. It's a testament to him that he can elevate any material he does. <laughs> That's me. I mean, right. he Spit can Spit his balls out of your mouth, buddy. Come on here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what about the uh, the U2 oh. car drive? Do, 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 the, the, the opening riffs, just the streets have no name. While, while Rosie Perez is holding, is holding harbor freight bubbles. Well, that's why I think and we the, should actually, the name of the movie should actually be changed to Bad Mom. You know, no, that's the her. biggest point. You, that's the most dramatic point you can make. I and, think it could have been great, but it was just it was so hokey. And I, it drove it over the top of the, with the edge playing the streets have no name well, as a, a lead up to it. I will I will say that's a beautiful song. Like I know it's fashionable sure. to hate no, on U2. I think it's a beautiful 80s song. 80s U2 like the Joshua Tree, the yeah. Forget Why. Those are great albums. And that was a effective use of that of that part of the song and Oof. it slowly builds and you realize suddenly you realize oh shit, this crazy bastard is really going to prove a point to her. Mm. And I I mean I, think, I do have to say there's parts of this movie that did offend me. Mostly it was like looking around going, oh, that would cost $3 million to live in that fucking place. Well, Rosie Perez That's lives in North Beach. But I mean, well, that, fuck I, yourself. That, a lot of movies are like that. Well, we always San but, Francisco but, yeah. back when it was kind of affordable. Uh, no, no, it really wasn't. It wasn't in 1993. Really wasn't. We were living there then. Well, yeah, much we more than now. But Rosie Perez and her yeah. family wouldn't be living around the corner from that church in North Beach in that apartment. She's getting subsidies. There was more... There's more socialism. Uh, Is there nothing you want to defend, Evan? Wow. No, no, no. (laughs) Particularly with your liberal agenda. You can't kill me, God! Well, first off, Joe, first off, I know you're offended by that, but in my opinion, there's no God, so I don't know that that there's a problem there. Yeah, he's just yelling at his higher power. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But he learns. And actually, the way he learns is by having his wife save him. How about... Save me. Yeah, how about when his lawyer is... He met uh, with her vagina, so yeah, it was okay. How about when his lawyer is like telling him how much money he can get from... I know, I'm a bad guy. (laughs) And then then Jeff Bridges... Remember Bridges? With his waxed mustache. He just screams for no reason, like, Ah! I want to talk about it! That's right before he runs up to the roof. At first scared at the prospect of the specter in the sky. And then f- loosed by his freedom, his lack of fear from death. Well, Balancing on the wow, edge, you, you can't kill me, guys! Very form. critiques, you get douchey as fuck, dude. <laughs> I know, man. Unleashed upon the specter in the sky. But I mean, he was, it just felt uh, maybe, maybe you shouldn't watch a Frank Capra movie. Yeah, a, Jesus. Uh, maybe that's a compartmentalization we were talking about earlier, too, right? Because if this were if this were Jimmy Stewart and Frank, I'd be like, ah, I love that old juicy movie, you, you know, but... Of a hall pass, yeah, yeah for sure, for sure, Hollywood. no question about it. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't believe that like this is a major Hollywood film mm. that got a wide release, wide marketing. Of course, it ate dick at the box office, but I mean, it's like, I do believe it, and the reason I believe it is it's, 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 it's a high con- time. It's a high concept idea, right there. and there's <laughs> it. it's eh, fucked. What's that? No, you're right. It's fucked. You you put a high concept idea out there. That isn't going to do well. No, no, no. But the reason it got released is is in order to to make it releasable in the mm-hmm. studio's eyes. I'm sure is take a high concept idea, wrap a after school special 
acting and dialogue around, into it. Well, the marketing was so, especially in the 90s, the marketing was so misleading. Because if you see the trailer for this movie, you hear the full song, Where the streets have no name. And you think the movie is this feel-good film mm-hmm. about a guy who survives a plane crash. And he's just like, you know, it's like Yes Man with Jim Carrey. He's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, and, and it I was so secret, misleading. Secretly, I think it's a feel-good movie. That's the thing. You Ultimately, really look at it, it it's also the story about a mother who no longer has to have an annoying child running around. Oh, Jesus. That is dark, man. That is tricky. That's why Cancel I don't, City. Let's go, boy. I don't want to show this. My sister loves Jeff Bridges. I don't want to show this movie because she's a young mother and she'll, she'll get triggered by it. Um, I'm not. Yeah. The cinemata- uh, can, we even, can we admit that even the most mediocre studio yeah. films of the 90s, they look great in high definition. Like, the 90s was the last... Hmm. Decade yeah. of analog film, and they were at the top. Like even the most mediocre, it's fun re rewatching '90s movies because they look great in high def. I mean, the film stock was at its best. Yeah. I mean, the lenses and the and um, the technical aspect of this film. I thought the high point for me of the film was the um, the the recreations of the, of the details around the plane crash. I thought that was really cool. And you mentioned mm-hmm. before the jewelry and the shoes, but also the way the, the plane was coming apart. That classical oh, that piece awesome. yeah. that was used. The classical remember. piece. They didn't use a Mariah Carey didn't song they do or like something. A, didn't they do like a callback to an Aromonios? Uh, I never know if I'm saying the fucking guy's name. Bosch. What is it? Hieronymus Bosch. Hieronymus Bosch. Yeah, the, There's a Hieronymus Bosch. And then they kind of do a recreation during that scene. The Tunnel to Heaven, which you see, yeah. that's that famous shot of Bridges in the fuselage of the plane where it's like a tunnel yeah, yeah. to heaven. All the cool. seats are removed. Oh, um, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, so there were moments like that, but it kind of felt even more so than, than the 8 Million Ways to Die in that it's like I could collect like little scenes, and by little, sometimes I even mean like 8 or 10 seconds where I'm like, oh, that's really impressive, that's interesting, but and I can also appreciate like what they're after with this movie, but I just think it failed at almost every turn to, to accomplish it. I guess I'm easily it. manipulated. I was totally moved by this film. I mean, even though okay. the ending is clunky, mm-hmm. I, I, for for like a week when I would tell people about that movie, I got like hairs sticking up. I mean, I just, I don't know. It's just the the emotional. It's not so much visual, but it was visceral. Uh-huh. Uh, the movie for me, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's not as good as the Mosquito Coast, but it's. I think it's a. Uh, uh, I think it's right for rediscovery. I also can't tell if Isabella Rossellini's a good actress or not, and and here's why. Mm. Well, she she's good. Her character's a bitch. She might be a good actress, but the thing is, she she has the exact tone and patter, as far as I'm concerned, as her mother. I mean, it just feels like you're watching Ingrid, Ingrid Bergman, Bergman yeah, yeah. resurrected in, in a movie, and so I automatically default to just sort of liking. The oh, thing don't she's forget doing. John Turturro's in this mm-hmm. movie. We talked about that. Yeah, I wasn't yeah, as impressed yeah. as Tom was, but it, I didn't think Turturro did a bad job. I thought the the role was kind of an unrealistic one. It's like a therapist for PTSD, yes, who's just sort of following different people, sometimes in combination. <laughs> He's like popping up out of a fern six months later. It's kind of crazy. There's people uh, like that. I mean, yeah, he's not as good as in, to live and die in LA. Once in a while, a therapist just randomly appears in somebody's life. No, but I mean, I'm yeah, just saying, yeah. I'm like also Candy a Tutoro fan, I didn't but think it just that sort of through, feels I like... Suppose. It never occurred to me, but yeah, okay. <laughs> you say his name but... six times, he'll appear. Uh-huh. All right, guys. Anything else about these two films? Well, I not not awful. I'm not. Uh, I'm not angry. <laughs> that's a uh, well. That's... I'll, I'll put something together for us, Tom, to make you nice and angry. Oh yeah, no. We're see, getting... I see. That's why I'm curious what you guys would think of Cutter's Way. So maybe mm-hmm. another that'll time. be a future episode. We'll do 
Uh, Jeff Bridges over Troubled Water 2. So you're definitely... By the way, I feel like you get to call the title. So is Jeff Bridges over Troubled Water? Well, there's another podcast I found out that used that title. Or they called it Bridges over... Or we could say a Bridges Too Far. How about Jeff Jeff in parentheses? Jeff, like the quiet part, and then Bridges Bridges Too Far. How about Son of Lloyd Too Far? Yeah. Mandelbaum, Mandelbaum, Mandelbaum. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue. Oh, All right, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having us over. Yeah, Love you're coming over. Movie yeah. mausoleum here. It's brilliant. Well, you know that's just like your opinion, man. Uh, <laughs> All right, buddy. You were gonna get that in at the fucking land. I'm proud of you. Well done.